0: This episode is brought to you by Mountain Sea Media. I spent half my life near the Pacific Ocean and the other half in the mountains of Central Oregon. These places are full of profound stories and experiences that guide my life, even now as a media creator and a beer professional. This is how Mountain Sea Media was born. I realized how impactful stories are to our lives and business. Stories share good experiences and the warmth of friends, they improve business by sharing these experiences and connecting deeply with our customers. If you'd like to connect better with your customers through copywriting and storytelling, contact me at jeremy at It's your story. I'll help you tell it. Well, we well,
1: I mean, we've talked about things like uh, the abyss, mm-hmm. you know, our very popular uh, uh, imperial style. And if, Black Butte Porter. If we get a lot of those chocolate and caramel notes from Black Butte Porter, what would we get from the Abyss? Mm-hmm. And so we're we're playing with that. We don't know what will come of it, but uh, we're kind of excited about Abyssky. And uh, you <laughs> know here first. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, and, and uh, but y- you know, I think I think there are other beers that we have not yet. Brood that that we're kind of imagining as uh, being potentially uh, attractive in this kind of a process.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to depart from the whiskey thing for a sec because this comment is kind of interesting. Um, so I was listening to a, a good beer hunting podcast, which you were a, a, a guest on once, and but this host was Garrett Oliver, and he was talking about. Um, food and beer and history but um he uh, postulated that that we've invented all the beers there are to invent uh i mean there are no more new i mean variations of styles sure but no more new beers to be discovered or something to that effect i'm paraphrasing obviously what's your thought on that i think that's that's unfortunate i i,
1: I and i know garrett and and and, and Garret is a very eloquent spokesman for the industry, um, but I think it, it's uh, almost depressing to think that we've already done all that will be done. Uh, and no, I, I can imagine projects now. I mean, fermentation is, is the same process that has existed since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. uh, but the the idea that we've explored every kind of fermentation, all the various kinds of yeast, or is he simply referring to the fact that the metabolization of sugar by yeast, everything else is an extension of that basic process? Okay, fine. I, I, I guess I can accept that, but there are so many extensions that I think we haven't begun to explore yet. And it's been said many times, you know, the difference between beer and wine. Wine uh you know you make from grapes beer you make from grain and anything else Mm -hmm. and it's like zarabanda we imagined different spices that we wanted to to add to create a flavor profile that would accomplish a certain thing we then added acidity to the finished product uh, to make it more food friendly you know you you can construct flavor profiles in beer to essentially be whatever you want. I don't think we've explored even close to the extent to which that could be true. So, you know, there are there are a lot of opportunities that we still have to extend the consumers imagination when it comes to beer and i i look forward to that i think that's that's the most fun we have in this business and
0: and, uh, frankly i I, even though i'm not a brewer well a a professional brewer anyway i kind of took that as a challenge yeah it's just like he just threw down the gauntlet well okay well then i think about what what's happening in spain and that's kind of an interesting thing you know it's just with the food and the pairings and Mm -hmm. all stuff it's like you know it could be you know okay so you took a saison and turned into sarabanda, but that was a completely different saison.
1: Well, look what's happened to, you know, I mentioned our our friend Jose Andres, look look what's happened in Spain with molecular gastronomy.
0: Mm, Yeah,
1: You're not putting food in a pan and heating it up anymore. All of a sudden, and how much further can that science take the culinary experience? Mm -hmm. Is that applicable to beer? You know, I mean, I've I've postulated before, I think we can make a beer that tastes like a fine red burgundy. I think if you look at the, you know, we talked about the the descriptions of flavor profiles and so forth in wine. You look at an average Robert Parker uh, review and all the various uh, descriptors that he uses, we can construct those flavors. Those occur naturally in, you know, the fermentation and aging of wine grapes. Y- you could you could theorize that we could construct those based on the uh, descriptors used in, I mean, if you want black fruit or uh, raspberries or uh, saddle leather or tobacco or, mm-hmm. I mean, all of these flavors are theoretically available to be added in a recipe to come out with a finished very complex
0: flavor profile that sounds like to me exploring that space would be easy finding the hits within that space is the well
1: exploring is exploring and walking around is easy seeing what's there that's not always easy and and understanding how flavors go together. I, mean, I had a conversation with Jose once and he says, how many food scientists do you employ? Well, none. And He said, why not? I'm
0: like,
1: well, I don't know, <laughs> Why? Mm-hmm. you know, because he employs, he's got a couple at Harvard that they employ that help explain to them how flavors work together I, I mean and and some of the results of that have been some absolutely incredible flavor experiences
0: that makes perfect sense especially on a larger scale yeah. of brewing that yeah I mean I affect. could
1: explain to you some of the some of the food he's fed me over the years that just make you go what mm-hmm you know and and it works in a weird uh awesome way and i think we have lots of opportunity in beer to explore some of those areas
0: awesome that's that's what i hope to hear
1: yeah that's and that's that's why we're here and you know we we do a lot of stuff and we we work on Consistency and quality and all these kinds of things, but then there's this other part of our imagination that uh, says there's so much
0: more. Well, and that that kind of excuse me that leads me to those those breweries who are at a point where they they can't afford to take some bold risks. They whether uh, like uh, Rogue Brewery, for example, and as well as you guys. I mean, you you can do things that. Maybe they don't work, but you know what? Dang it, we tried. Kind of like, um, um, and of course, the dogfish head is one of those too, where they just they do some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Sage fight is one of those things uh, too that you guys just put out that I think was absolutely brilliant. To, yeah, uh, that would pair wonderfully with food.
1: 2014 Pinot Noir Kargasaki Vineyard has lots of kirsch, spiced red fruits, and loamy earth in a charming, medium bodied, and elegant style we we can get those flavors yeah you know uh this uh this wine gives up plenty of cherry herbs hints of rose petal and spice in a medium bodied silky and nicely balanced style you know i i mean a, and and they get deeper and longer than that so well, why why gary, wouldn't this, we? gary this is a completely different story <laughs> It's but, not a story yet. It's just, but, a, it's just an idea. Yeah, yeah. but. And I think there
0: are people throughout the craft beer world that are playing with this. Well, then um, let me segue this back to the whiskey then because um, maybe it's the way I think um, – you know, it's it might be a lofty idea for me, but I think I'm the safe company here, where I think every beer has a story. Some are, mm-hmm. some beers have better some stories. some are more compelling. Yeah. Some are more compelling, and some are simple. Um, but uh, but I, I see stories and things. Um, zerbon has a great story. Mm-hmm. What story does the Blackbeet whiskey have to tell?
1: Well, I think that's still being uh, developed. I I think that it was a story about some friends who got together and said what what if we tried this you know everybody's looking for something new some some times you're doing it for a business edge sometimes you're just doing it to be creative sometimes you just had one too many beers and you're you know but you know we've known i've known jim bendis and alan dietrich used to work with us Mm -hmm. a, a long long time ago uh known them for a long time and so the idea, when, you know, you, you, when you run into each other in a social situation, you just, you know, sometimes conversation turns to what if. And some of these things are fairly easy, inexpensive and painless to start. And you don't know where you're going to go. Oh, I would, sure, we'll get you some beer, What you know, and you f- distill it and then tell us what happened. Yeah. It's not complicated. It wasn't intended to be complicated. Uh, we were just friends thinking up weird things to do. And uh, when the results turned out really nicely, we started thinking about, well, okay, wait, let's, let's go back and maybe think if, if we want to pursue this project, what would we do to do it right? Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about it, and my point to them, and and really everyone was in agreement that if we're going to do this, let's do it really well. I don't want to be middle of the road, I don't want to be low end, I don't want people to say, I love it, I hate it. I want this to be something that will be memorable. And we all agreed, and so we begin to think about it in those terms how long it's going to age, how we're going to age it, what it's going to be, what kind of bottle it's going to be put in, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, what's, how are we going to market it? Uh, what do we, you know, where do we want the, the style to be? So do you spell whiskey with an E or with a Y? You know, I mean, there are all kinds of things that, that we discussed. And, uh, uh, but ultimately, we want this to be a, a truly memorable experience in a, in a very nice high-end whiskey.
0: What what kind of experience, or specifically what experience, do you hope the end users, the enjoyers of your whiskey will have? Oh,
1: I think it's something they're going to want to share with their friends. And I think it's something that, that whether it's around a campfire or... You know, uh, sitting at a local tavern with with your great friends, I I think that's where you're going to enjoy this the most.
0: And is this a good whiskey for? And this is sounds like a dumb question, but I want to flesh that out. But is this is this a good replacement for uh, beer for the average beer drinker?
1: No, I think the occasions are very very different, Um, and and, you know, I I, I'm not necessarily going to get caught up as to. You know what's competing with what? Mm-hmm. There are people in the industry that say it's a it's share of occasion, and wine, spirits, beer are all fighting for that share of occasion, the the share of mouth, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, we know statistically and empirically that our core consumer moves back and forth between beer, wine, and whiskey, and if you know we're we kind of want to intersect with them along the way. But, you know, this is so, the, the, the volume is so small, the market share is so small, we're looking to create raving fans. And if this helps, this you could think of this as a line extension of Blackbeard Porter. Uh, you know, that's okay with me. But, you know, what we're wanting to do is create remarkable experiences for our fans, and we think we have one in this whiskey. I totally agree. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you. Is there anything you want to add to this no, conversation? No, I think we kind of we kind of touched all the bases. Yeah, I don't we know. Did. You know, there's all
1: kinds of things. You know, you look through these things, and who knows? You know where it goes. I'm excited for to hear what people say about it tonight. Yeah.
0: And uh, hopefully they'll be exci- as excited about it as we are. Yeah. Well, as far as my palate is concerned, that's that's a hit. So good. I, I look, trust your palate. Uh, well, I I look forward to seeing how uh, how well it's received in the, yeah. the time to come.
1: Yeah. Because I am so too. I am too. I'm I'm excited <laughs> that it's kind of out out in the open now, and that we can talk about it and share it and see what people think.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to admit, um, i I've gotten to know uh, Jake Harper a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh and he i assume it was okay but he spilled the beans and a few months ago saying yeah we're having this whiskey coming out what yeah. <laughs> was, oh i can't wait and it, it was so worth the wait it was so yeah good.
1: yeah it's it's been a fun project uh i'm i'm now of course i'm i'm excited to see where it goes next yeah because you know we've got it we'll i don't know when it's going to be out but we'll have some kind of single barrel uh uh projects as, as a, a, a line extension of, of this product um, you know over the next few years we'll have we'll be doing other things and we'll see what where we go cool so we're still having fun
0: good beer matters is a show about great beer great friends and the experiences we create together but it's also about better appreciation of the beer you enjoy I believe better education leads to better enjoyment, so if you're a beer and food professional or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters and leave a rating on iTunes. After that, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers. I'm Jeremy Storton, and this is Good Beer Matters.
1: I think it's something they're gonna wanna share with their friends. And I think it's something that, that whether it's around a campfire or, you know, uh, sitting at a local tavern with with your great friends, I I think that's where you're gonna enjoy this the most.
0: Deschutes Brewery in Bend, Oregon was founded in 1988 by Gary Fish and is now one of the top 10 craft breweries in the US. It shares the honor of the top 10 with breweries such as Yingling, Boston Beer Company, Sierra Nevada and New Belgium. But there's more to Deschutes than just amazing beer. I had just tasted the brand new Black Butte whiskey that he dreamed up with Jim Bendis of Distillery. he would officially release later that evening. I was covering the story to do a video for the online version of a magazine I write a beer column for. But this interview was meant to serve the story, then get lost in the labyrinth of a hard drive tucked away in some forgotten corner. What began as a story of a fantastic whiskey actually opened a door to a larger discussion of flavor, culinary adventure, and what the future of beer may hold. I've had many conversations and heard many stories like this one about the beer we drink and the larger cultural implications from some very insightful people. Then it hit me. I need to get these stories out to you. My name is Jeremy Storton. I am a certified Cicerone, BJCP judge, IBD certified brewer, and a beer writer. I believe the art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. I believe there's a world of wisdom found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. This is Good Beer Matters. These are the stories of us, of great food, and the beer that brings it all together. Even though this interview was never meant for the public, I hope you enjoy episode one of Good Beer Matters with Gary Fish of Deschutes Brewery. It brief just if we want to get this. I'm happy to do it. Um, but the story on this whiskey. Um, so I'm a beer fan, I've been a, a fan of Deschutes Brewery since I started coming to it in '92. Um, and uh, the, so why why whiskey? Is that is that a uh, just a fun thing because you can? Is it the next step? Is it uh opening markets? Well, it's, it's
1: really all of the above. I mean, whiskey is a You can think of it as an elevated level of beer. Whiskey starts by being beer Mm -hmm. uh, and then goes through a distillation process that removes a lot of the other, you know, basically the water leaving the alcohol and and some other uh, things behind uh, to create flavor. And then it's aged in wood barrels and, and so forth. And, and really, this project started out being fun. It was a lark. It had, it was the 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 real genesis was probably 20 years ago when some of our brewers gave some guys at Ben Distillery some Black Butte Porter and they distilled it and put it in a barrel and forgot about it. And it's I mean there's still a little bit of that uh, what's left in that small barrel out there some 20 years later. Oh. We learned some things from that. We've learned some things from experimentation. We agreed to provide them some wash or undistilled beer uh, that was Blackbeak Porter. We left the hops out because mm-hmm. there, there's no f- purpose for them to be there. But still fermented? Uh, it was fermented. So yeah. Fermented work, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was beer. And uh, they distilled it, put it in some barrels. We talked about what to do. You know, we we discussed whether this was going to be a viable commercial product. I think our response at the time was, you know, it's not our that that's not our core business. So we're not looking for this. We're just right now we're just having some fun. And we'll see what see what comes out, and if it's if it's something we like, maybe we'll have that discussion then.
0: Well, is this? Is there a coincidence between releasing whiskey or planning the release of whiskey and, and moving out to the East Coast and establishing what what I refer to as the Deschutes Brewery Manifest destiny? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh... You know,
1: uh, there is no connection. It's pure coincidental. Uh, we started this project. The early results, uh, which, you know, I have these kinds of things laying around here and then. Uh, it's a terrible job you have. Turned out to be... <laughs> Uh, very positive. And we started talking more and started thinking about this in more sophisticated terms. Mm-hmm. Okay, we might have something here. What would we do if, if we really were to, to, you know, create a business project from this? And we began to, to execute on some of those discussions. Uh, The beer aged, it's aged I think a minimum of three years, a little over three years, and some is a little older. Uh, And we set that target as kind of a minimum. You know, we wanted to make sure this this was was aged to a certain extent, that we weren't pandering that this was something that was really going to be good. Uh, And I think we all agreed that what we had was actually delicious. So uh, Which
0: I, can, I can vouch for that. I got a taste of it today. Uh,
1: good for you. Yeah. That's, it's it's that's it's it's really unique. It's very interesting. It has led us to think of other potential projects and things that we could do if we were just having fun. And uh, we're we're kind of excited about what the future could hold for this. Uh, but I think you know we're interested to see what what our friends think about it. You know we haven't shared much of it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start that a little later today, and uh, hopefully people will understand what we're doing and kind of why it's different. And uh, we're kind of thinking of a whole bunch of different ways to uh, rethink making whiskey and 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 what it is and what kinds of flavors are attractive that can be naturally created uh, in these these projects and and we're really excited
0: well and it seems Deschutes you has their beer drinker beers the Blackbeard Porter the Mirror Pond the the ESB the the Pine Drops I mean okay for all you people who love beer great but it seems like you're also branching out and doing some things that are the um, foodie's beers or the uh like the Spanish call the gastro ales like uh yeah. the Sage Fight or one of my all-time favorites the Zarabanda right uh just and these these are beers that it's at least to me seem to be something unique designated for someone who wants to take it to this level right there where uh, is is whiskey a part of this mindset that you know it's, that you have?
1: it's it's not a uh it's not a strategy that we developed. It's a project that we embarked on because it sounded fun would and the, we didn't know what would happen.
0: Would the short answer to that be just because it's awesome? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I, you know, and and sometimes uh, some of the best projects we have, I mean, you mentioned Zarabanda. Zarabanda was a was a project that we did with uh, Jose Andres who's been a friend of ours for 20 years mm-hmm. and has become this huge celebrity chef and he he came to me one day and said we need to make a beer together. And I said, "Okay. What kind of beer?" You know, what do you want to make? You know, we started talking about it and and you know, talk about one where you, you don't know where you're going. I said, "Well, what are you what are you what ingredients are you currently interested in?" And he was using lemon verbena in his gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. And we started talking more about some other ingredients and here we mentioned pink peppercorns oh yeah when i was a an apprentice in barcelona the there was one pink peppercorn tree in all of barcelona and the chef used to s- send me to steal pink uh, peppercorns wow. from then i said okay that's in i don't know where we're going with this but yeah. that, and then we had to fill in the gaps around you know as we analyzed the flavor profile and talked about what could be and this is really a, a similar project i mean we we started doing it because it sounded like fun. It was interesting. To our knowledge, it it wasn't th- this kind of methodology we were developing wasn't really being employed, uh, and we we didn't know where we would go, but we'd have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And we never intended to make a business out of it, but it turned out so good that we reevaluated all of those non objectives. And we thought, well, you know, let's let's bring it out and see what people think.
0: Well and and I can imagine that there are those people who who may think, oh well wow, neato, but then there are those people who might realize that this is this is kind of a sharp turn from what you've been doing for decades. Yeah.
1: I mean I, I might be an expert in beer. I'm not sure I qualify as an expert in whiskey, although I've had moments where I kind of thought I could be, but you know I think this is delicious, and it is really special in my uh,
0: experience, and I hope people agree. So that's thank you for that's a perfect segue. Um, to tell me about the whiskey, what does it taste like? What What was the ingredient process?
1: The the ingredient process was, as I explained earlier, it was Black Beauty Porter. So, you know, it's got roasted malt and caramel malt, and um, it doesn't have the hops in there. But a lot of that, uh, the chocolate and the the caramel really comes through Mm -hmm. from the malt. I mean, if you think of the classic Scotch whiskey, the smoky, peaty Scotch Mm -hmm. whiskey, all that comes... From the, the way the malt is treated. Uh, you know, they use, in, in in northern Scotland, they use peat from peat bogs to, to heat their homes and, to, you know, for as a heat source, it's like charcoal. Mm-hmm. And that has a distinct, pungent uh, aroma and flavor. And because that heat source is used to dry the malt once it's been uh, sprouted, that that flavor translates through the process, including distilling. And so if you can think of the roasted malt in Black Butte Porter Mm -hmm. as communicating through that distillation process, the same with the caramel malt, uh, that, you know, you get that nuance uh, in the whiskey itself and then add to that the character of, of the wood barrel and the char and, and, and the the other elements that create uh, maple syrup uh, treacle uh, I mean other kinds of sweet pungent uh, flavors that uh, you know kind of balance themselves out very very nicely with the uh, you know with the, the, the warmth of the whiskey itself yeah uh, you know you can you can add your own. Uh, Adjectives Mm -hmm. to it, but I, I really every time I taste it, I I get maple syrup, caramel, chocolate, and more like milk chocolate than dark chocolate. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. a really smooth, unctuous kind of of flavor that uh, uh, is is as I said before unique in my experience.
0: Yeah, and I read the description and, and and. it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I am a beer judge, and I think some sometimes people add descriptions either because they're super tasters or because they're making it up and no one can call them on somehow it. Somehow <laughs> we're following the wine industry. Yeah. I don't know. But, know. I, but I saw the grassy notes. I didn't get grassy. I got vanilla. I got caramel. I got chocolate. I got the this. And then I saw yeah. there was like the little like lemon sponge cake, and then I took a sip, and I there was the lemon sponge cake and it was amazing. I was the power of suggestion is an amazing thing. And, and, I, don't, and I don't know. I can make you taste all kinds <laughs> of things. <laughs> but, but just a suggestion, whether it was me or whether it was you, nonetheless, it was a fantastic experience. But yeah. the body of it, the, it, yeah. it was just, it was great. But, but I wonder how that will, how that will be received uh, with all the non beer wine, uh, whiskey. We're, we're going to find
1: out one. and we have other projects that are, Coming up behind this, that you know, we're going to continue to explore where this can take us.
0: You are the master.
1: Sideways. I don't know that so we're <laughs> so going to talk about. We're
0: that. going to be
1: able to make you know tons of this stuff. Who knows? I, I mean, the this first batch, I think I could have sold all the bottles just to my friends who mm-hmm. said, "Oh, I need to, I need yeah. to have some."
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but it is, uh, you know, we we want to do more. We want to explore. I think we think we've just scratched the surface in terms of kind of reimagining whiskey, American whiskey, mm-hmm. and what's possible. And then, you know, after that, then you can add, you know, do things that others have done. If, you know, what if we aged this in a Madeira barrel or a, a rum barrel mm-hmm. or a scotch barrel? And uh, we're, we're, doing that now and we'll introduce that later at some point in time are there other things that we can reimagine in the in the wash itself before it becomes distilled are you are you willing to tell me what you have in the works right now